KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Ever sing in the shower or play air guitar? Well, when Ramon Amezcua was a kid, he would play air synthesizer. I remember playing Kraftwerk when I was uh, taking a shower. I imagine myself uh, moving these knobs and <laughs> faders. <laughs> Born and raised in Tijuana, Ramon frequented record stores on both sides of the border in the early 80s. By the late 90s, he was at the forefront of the electronic music scene in Mexico. Because Ramon is also known as Bostich, a founding member of the legendary electronic music group Nortec Collective. In the early 2000s, Nortec played some of Mexico's biggest stages, toured the world, got nominated for Grammys, and to think, this was all happening while Ramon's other career was thriving. Dentistry at that time was very good here in Tijuana. I used to have a lot, a lot of work, so the electronic music was like a side project, like a hobby. Yep, you heard that right. He trained as a dentist and orthodontist, and he was filling cavities and wiring braces pretty much the entire time Nortec was taking off. Actually, one of the main reasons he stopped just 10 years ago is because his patients started recognizing him as that dude from Nortec who jumps around on stage in a funny hat. They asked me, hey, doctor, Dr. Ramon, are you the, the guy who are jumping with a hat and this music, Nortec? And I was like a little <laughs> shy. <laughs> I can't imagine showing up to get like my braces and, and it's like the guy from Nortec. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. <laughs> From KPBS and PRX, this is Port of Entry, where we tell cross-border stories that connect us. I'm Alan Lilienthal. Today, we're going to get a little taster of the music that set young Ramon's imagination on fire. Songs that inspired him to take up electronic music, eventually leading him to be one of the most influential electronic musicians in Mexico. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Ramon was one of those lucky people who grew up with older siblings who had great taste in music. Back in the late 70s, all kinds of exciting new sounds would be playing at Ramon's house day and night. They listened to all kinds of music, mostly rock. 
he found himself gravitating towards records that had some level of electronic instrumentation going on. Bands like Tangerine Dream, Emerson. Pink Floyd. But Ramon says his bona fide love affair with electronic music began with a song called Autobahn by Kraftwerk. How old were you when you heard Kraftwerk for the first time? I think I was uh, 16 years old. I didn't know where that sounds came from only that 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 sounds sounds like uh, from space mostly from the future those sounds of the future synthesizers drum machines weird effects completely fascinated him he was hooked Then I was trying to find more music that uh, uses this kind of, of sounds. Back in high school in Tijuana, Ramon had this pretty hip teacher who played music in class to help teach English. He played Air, Wind and Fire and bands that used to have a little synthesizers, but sometimes he bring this album, Oxygen. <laughs> this is Oxygen by Jean-Michel Jarre. This album, I learned the name of the synthesizer because in the credits of the album, in the back of the cover, you can read ARP 2600, ARP Odyssey, uh, MOOC synthesizers, and thanks to, to that album, I learned about the instruments, about the, the way they compose electronic music. Listening to music during class might as well have stopped there, but luckily for Ramon, he got his hands on a Sony Walkman, a portable cassette player with little headphones. Now he could take the music with him everywhere. One song in heavy rotation was this one, Floating by Klaus Schultz, a sound bath over 25 minutes long. I used to have a, a lot of hair in, at that time, like an afro. <laughs> and I remember I was in my classroom that my headphones, the hair was covering my, the, the headphones, and only listening to Klaus Schulz, and not listening to my classes, so only listening to Klaus Schulz, all the classes. Wow, <laughs> that must have been, did, did the teachers ever catch you while you were listening, or was it well hidden, the headphones under your afro? No, 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 the headphones were very small. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that you are in the late 70s and imagine yourself in the future where maybe cars flying or, or going to space, being an astronaut. That kind of imagination I, I used to have when I listened to the, these albums. Mm -hmm. 
Up until this point, all the music Ramon found was through family and friends and school. But there was also the radio. And living in a border city, you can often tune into stations from both sides of the border. So in the early 80s, he caught a documentary series on KPBS radio. I was very lucky. The name was uh, Totally Wired. Totally Wired. Artists and electronic sound. Ramon must have geeked out. Just listen to this intro. The music of yesterday may never be the same. The music of tomorrow may be sounds we've never heard. We live in an electronic world. These are the sound shapers of our era. Totally Wired. Totally Wired was a 13-part music series featuring artists and musicians at the forefront of electronic sound. People like Klaus Schultz and Robert Moog, the inventor of the first commercial synthesizer. Throughout the 1960s and 70s, the name Moog was synonymous with the synthesizer. In fact, the history of electronic music can be conveniently divided as before Moog and after Moog. Another station Ramon tuned into was based in Mexico City. It was short-lived, but it served just straight music with no frills. They put a lot of music, new music, but with no DJs, only music. They put the album from the beginning to the end. It was here that Ramon discovered the futuristic Italian pioneer Giorgio Moroder and his song E equals MC squared. was very uh, captured with not only with electronic sounds I captured about the use of the vocoder this instrument that transformed the voice to this kind of robotic style Once he was in his later teens, Ramon started going to record stores. A lot. Both in Tijuana and across the border in San Diego, where the selection tended to be a lot broader and he could really explore the cutting edge of electronic music. I crossed the border and go to the Tower Records and at the other, this store, Licorice Pizza. Yup, Licorice Pizza. It was a SoCal record store chain in the 70s and early 80s. And yeah, if you're as perplexed about the funny name as we were, fun fact, the owner borrowed it from this recorded bit from a folk singing duo named Bud and Travis. The record was cut at 66 and a fifth. There were sesame seeds on the other side. And you can still get it in your, all your A and Poo feed stores where they're featuring it as licorice pizza. That makes it invaluable. I can't look at vinyl the same anymore. Now I just see little licorice pizzas. Anyway, most everyone close to Ramon hadn't gone down the rabbit hole of electronic music with him. This was the early 80s, so they were still big on rock music. Like a Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath, Kiss. <laughs> but one day in 1981, one of Ramon's brothers gave him a cassette tape with no label on it. He popped it into a cassette player and was floored. 
I listened to that music and I was, wow, what is it? This, what is this music? Ramon just had to find out who this band was. His brother didn't know. The record store in Tijuana didn't know. So he trekked across the border to Licorice Pizza to find out. And they told me, oh, it's the Depeche Mode, but I, I didn't know how to spell it at that time because it was, uh, sounds weird to me, Depeche Mode. The track on that blank tape was a single called New Life. It was a game changer for Ramon. He found out the producer was Daniel Miller, a fellow synth-obsessed Kraftwerk superfan and founder of Mute Records, a record label that helped pioneer synth-pop. It was the beginning of a thread that led him to many more artists making pop music with the synths and drum machines he was always drawn to. I found Ultrabox. Sash. Heaven 17. Soft Cell. Ramon was stoked to be living in this moment in music history. Just for fun, he picked up a cheap synthesizer and drum machine and started to dabble with making music himself. At this point, he had no intention of playing actual shows. He planned to be a dentist for his whole life. But in 1989, a music venue in Tijuana opened up, called Iguanas. In this club, most of the bands that played in LA, instead of playing in San Diego, they crossed the border and played in that club. The reason was people from 18 years old, they can get into the club. Yup, bands would skip San Diego on West Coast tours and head to Iguanas. You didn't have to be over 18 to come in, so the crowds were bigger. It just made sense. So we had an opportunity to see a lot of bands there with um, Ramones. Debo, OMD, Simox Fronto 42, Sag TV. Sugar Cubes with the York. The impact to me was huge because to see the shows, the only thing you want to do is to be a musician. So yeah, seeing show after show on a stage in his hometown, it finally clicked. He started to picture himself up on that stage. So once he realized he wanted to showcase his music, he needed a name. And like most of his unplanned career in music, it happened pretty spontaneously. A close friend had an avant-garde radio show and asked Ramon to make some music for it. So when he stopped by Ramon's place to pick it up, 
His friend asked him what he was going to call himself. And I told him, no, I, I don't have a, a name. So we decide taking an album from my vinyls. And the first album that I, I take, the first name, I'm going to put that name. So I took the, this vinyl and the name was Bostich. And that's why they, I put my project Bostich. Well, at least it's a cool song. It could have, it could have been a bad record you pulled from the wall and then you would have been stuck with a, with a bad name. <laughs> so here it is, the song that serendipitously named the man, Bostich by Yellow. Standing at the machine every day for all my life I'm used to do it and I need it It's the only thing I want is just to rush Push Cash Throughout the mid to late 90s Ramon, now better known as Bostich Booked a lot of gigs as the rave scene gained traction in Mexico At the same time Electronic music continued to branch into many new dance subgenres. I listened to a lot of drum and bass with a very fast rhythms like a Goldie. And Fotec. Then Ramon came across a track called Four by Aphex Twin. And it sort of blew his mind. Afex Twin, he took all these uh, drum and bass sounds and mixed with classical music and more music, not only to dance, but to listen. Yeah, this wasn't your average rave material. This was something you had to sit down and really digest. Just listen to the complexity of the drum arrangement. For 1996, this was way ahead of its time. I didn't know how to program these rhythms and sounds. I don't know what technology he used to do it. Trying to find out the way he composed his music is a, a way to learn. To me, it was a very, very uh, impact in my life. Despite all the shows and new music he was composing, Ramon didn't think quitting his day job as a dentist would ever really be an option. But one day, his homie Pepe Mosh called him up with an idea. Mashing up electronic music with recordings of traditional Norteña sounds. At the beginning, I didn't believe him because uh, we are uh, always kidding and make uh, jokes. But he was for real. And once they met up and shared their work with each other, they knew they had something special. Here's Ramon's contribution, a track called Polaris. To me, it was like a, something that expressed myself very honest. To be a, in a border city, Tijuana, to growing up listening to electronic music in the radio stations. So we were very excited and the first thing that uh, came to our minds was to share, share the sounds. So that's what they did, and Polaris blew up. 
From then, it changed everything to me. This song changed the way the world see Mexico. <laughs> Historically, electronic music has largely been Europe's thing, but Polaris helped put Mexico on the map. It was even selected by Mexico's federal government to be the official song for Millennium Celebrations in 2000. Ramon and Pepe essentially created a new style of electronic music. They dubbed it Nortec. Tijuana sound machine. Sound machine. They teamed up with other artists and musicians and formed Norte Collective in 1999, and the group took off. But after touring the world and getting some Grammy nods, Norte Collective decided to end on a high note in 2015 to work on other solo projects. Ramon's newer compositions are released under his full name, Ramon Amezcua. It's a return to the fully electronic instrumentation that he fell in love with before the era of Norte Collective. This one is named Ares, after the synthesizer it was composed with. It was also a spontaneous collab with one of his kids, Eduardo. This track, I love it because here in my house is kind of a laboratory. My younger son, Eduardo, came to my studio and, and asked me, hey, what are you doing? And, and he started singing with this track and I record uh, very fast what he was uh, singing. Lately, all the extra time at home has helped Ramon remember not to overthink things when it comes to making music. I think the good thing about this pandemic season is that like, uh, I realize that I don't care about hey, not going to release this album because it's not perfect. I like the music that I do. So I decide to share the music even for free in some places. The good thing, I, I have a lot of time and I have uh, doing a lot of music too. <laughs> Ramon is currently building a record label with his family called Milovat. They want to release all their music independently while also being a home to other musicians they believe in and want to support. You can find them at milovat.org or on any social media platform. This episode of Port of Entry was produced by our director of sound design, Emily Jankowski. Special thanks to Kurt Conan for helping track down that intro to Totally Wired. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. I'm Alan Lilienthal. Thank you for listening.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.